Hi and welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is your host Simon Sweetman and this is episode 35. Uh, I had a chat with Mike Nock. Uh, he's a Kiwi but um, he's been living overseas for most of his professional life. Um, a, a great composer and piano player. It was a really great honour for me to, to meet meet him. He uh, grew up in Narawahia and then um, left the country when he was sort of late teens, early 20s. Went to Australia from there, Europe, and ended up in America for a long time. Um, he played with some of the greats of jazz. Uh, he toured as a sort of support act for Miles Davis, and uh, and I think we we mentioned this in the podcast. But at one point they kind of flipped the bands around, and Miles didn't want Mike Nock and his band, the Fourth Way, opening for for him because they were showing him up. So Miles wanted to go on stage first um, and do his thing first. Um, so yeah, Mike Nock is an, an amazing talent. So he's based in Sydney now. Now I'd, I'd never met him, but I'd, I've seen him play over the years, and I've, I've been a huge fan. I've, I've written about him a little bit, and so I kind of cold called him. I just I messaged him, said that I was going to be in Sydney in the middle of the year. Was there a chance we could get together? Didn't know what he was going to say. Um, didn't know if he'd be into it, but he wrote back and said, "Yeah, come around, come around, have some lunch, have a chat." And so that's that's kind of what happened. Um, I have followed his career for a while and you know he's done something like a hundred albums so there was a lot to to try and squeeze in uh and and we did our best and uh, i hope you enjoy this as i say really great thrill for me to to bring you i guess an international guest although he is kiwi born but um yeah he's based based in sydney and has been for a while and and, and has really made his life and his career outside of new zealand but um regularly returns to new zealand to play um and releases albums here through New Zealand labels and, and so forth as well. So, um, yeah, just a great, really great thrill to talk to this guy. I mean, uh, just such a huge life of music and experience. And, and some of the names we mentioned in this conversation, you know, the people, jazz greats, people that you'll have in your record collection or that you'll go and look up since and realise what a big deal they are. He's sort of been there the whole time with them, alongside them, playing in their band. They've played in his band or he's been on the bill. Really quite amazing to talk to someone like this. So this is me sort of totally geeking out and being an absolute fanboy talking to, to one of my musical heroes, Mike Nock. I hope you enjoy it. I wonder if maybe we start by talking a little bit about where we're at now, what you're sort of, you know, what you're doing now, and then we go back and we'll go sure. through the time. Oh, I mean, I don't really know how to start with you <laughs> because we could be here for yeah, days, no, no. you know. So, but um, this is the first time I've met you. We're in your house in Sydney, and you've lived here for what 30 years. Oh, in this house, about 15. Yeah, but 15. in Sydney, I mean. Oh, I've been in Sydney stuff. on this trip, gee, 35 years. I'd yeah, say. right. Yeah. It's getting up there. Yeah. I mean, I never intended to stay this long. You know, yeah. like when I first came back from the States, it was always, you know, well, next year I'm going back. But I never went back. I like how you said on this trip. So well, that's what I, yeah. I, I came out here. And it, it just kind of, I fell into things. It's an interesting thing. Like we, we, we think we plan our lives, but looking back on my life, uh, the only plan I ever had was I did have a goal. Yeah. You know, and the goal, but how you get there and what happens with the goal. So it's things seem to have to take their own course. How satisfied do you feel at the moment about um, where you're at with regard to that goal and where that goal, you know, how much of that goal have you ticked off? Obviously, it changes with time. It changes with time and, you know, like, I mean, basically, <laughs> I'm, I'm just into uh, 
just continuing to go. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like my main thing really still is the whole the music, and this, and what does that mean? Like, I mean, I've kind of given up the the uh, the external success thing instead yeah. of you know, like I mean, because that's the music business has changed. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, like it really, really has. Yeah. So. The thing is, and it's coming back to more, which in a way I think is a healthier approach, where it's it's more to do with the, the artist, myself in this case, or the musician, dealing with the things on a very personal level. Mm. You know, why you do things, which is what you got into it in the first place for. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just trying to be, do it with as much, bring to as much, as much skill and knowledge and everything that you can. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a constantly changing equation because, as you know, I work with a lot of young people. Yeah, yeah. And when I say work with them, I mean, I teach at the Sydney Con. And it's kind of, it's, I've been there for, gee, 30 years now, something like that. And it's like, it's kind of a magnet for, like, really talented young musicians mm. from all over Australia and New Zealand. Mm. And it's pretty competitive to get in there. So there's a, there's, there's a little core at the top yeah. of some pretty brilliant musicians, yeah, yeah. and they keep coming up. And this year seems to be the most brilliant of them all. Mm. Some of them, it's like Jesus, you know, like. So that's wonderful, like constantly inspiring environment for you. Well, it is constantly inspiring. There's but new, literally new blood coming through. There is. Each. But it's also difficult <laughs> because it's like you know, like you know, like we 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 agree that this is the way it's supposed mm. to go. Mm. But man, it's not always so comfortable. Yeah. And particularly in today, because in the old days it was more of a very defined path. Yeah. The music was you you played well, you did this, you had certain specific goals mm. you know like in jazz it was about times all the basics nowadays mm. it's more about conception it's more conception more, I mean, it's, you've still got to have the the, the, yeah. the the basics but it's really really quite it's quite challenging yeah. just to be a, a creative artist if you're really a creative artist in today's uh, scene absolutely i was thinking when I, when I was on the way to come here to talk to you i was thinking how do we divide up what you've done? And, you know, we had a brief chat about that before we rolled tape, like, that you've done these very many different things. We could divide it up in many different ways, and one of the logical ways to talk about the things you've done, which perhaps we'll get into, is you referenced this trip and the different places you've lived, and that's one way of dividing up. But it feels like, to me, the another way to look at it is the last 30 to 40 years has been a real focus on composition. You still perform, you still record, you're also teaching, but it seems like the 20 plus years before that was about learning the craft in order to get into composing. Well, that's an interesting take on it. I never really thought of it like that. Uh, I mean, it is true that at this point in my life, I'm probably more interested in uh, composition in a sense than, than performing, only because the, the, the performing level of so many musicians now, is, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's way beyond anything I could ever aspire to, just in terms of the, the virtuosity mm -hmm. that is so common. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not all and everything, but that's, that's also a daunting thing to realize this. Mm. In, in the field of creative music, jazz mm. or whatever you want to call it, you know, like it's 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 a big one, you know, and I can't ignore it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. However, with composition I feel 
It's more like being a writer, like yeah. yourself. You, yeah. you know, you can you can actually sit and think about things, mull things over, and you've got all these tools you can access now, yeah. all these incredible electronic tools, and all this stuff. So, I'm kind of gravitating more towards the concepts of. Mm. of but as a writer of music, you can still be. Um, in you are in the composition and in, in the oh yes, you put yourself oh, yes. In it, but also you can still mem- I mean, I think uh, for you memorably watching Michael Houston play um, pieces that you wrote about 10 years ago and you sat pretty much with him and were a part of the performance without playing a note of music. Well that was a wonderful experience yeah. I mean he's, he's been uh, you know I've known him for years and years and years and he's always been incredibly supportive I mean it kind of blows my mind how you know I mean I didn't know much about him and I first probably met him at a party in New York, just met yeah. him, and somehow or other we ended up doing this gig together in Dunedin with the Dunedin Symphony Orchestra yeah. many years ago. Yeah. I, I played Knox first, and he played Beethoven's fourth. I don't know what I'm doing here, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, you know, but that's what I've always done, yeah, yeah. you know, doing the best I can. But, and we had a little conversation afterwards, that we, I think he interviewed me for the radio, and he was saying things about my piano playing that really blew my mind. I mean, mm. what? This fantastic musician thinks that what I'm doing is actually yeah. worth something? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and now uh, there's something coming up. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about writing some music for him and Roger Manners. Yeah, right. You know, because they've got a project mm. coming up. Because mm. Roger's been playing with the touring with the Roger Fox Big Band. Yeah, yeah. And with, with Michael's been doing yes, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. one of the pieces I've been playing is one of my pieces, apparently, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, you know. Uh, I, I say apparently I know they had, yeah, but yeah, I, you yeah. know, I didn't. I didn't write the arrangement. I put it that <laughs> yeah, way, you know. Yeah. But but it's, so there's a connection there, and that's come up something. Well, that's something to mm. to consider. Mm. You know, that'd mm. be fun to do. Mm. You know. Well, maybe we will go back. Let's let, let's go back now and start trying to put this all together. So you grew up in Narawahia. In Narawahia. And what is your first? Connection point to music. What did you? Se- what made you seek it out, and what? Or how did it call to you? Well, I tell you, like that's a that's a very good question. What happened is, uh, one of my dad's sisters had a piano that she wanted to store, and my father was a pianist, you know, kind of a dance hall type pianist, mm. and so she, he must have loved it. We had no money, so I guess she was. I don't know what the whole story was, but anyway, they delivered their piano to us for a while. So we had a piano in the house, and my father decided to teach me the piano. So that became, you know, because so I'm learning the piano from a book called the Art Chef book, which is basically about chords. I mean, the very first song I ever played was "Mary Had a Little Lamb." Yeah, you know, but it had melody, chords, very simple, mm. and that's what the book was about. Really simple approach. Yeah. And before long, I'd got I'd gathered the neighborhood kids together. You know, whoever wanted to be part of it was in a van because we were inspired by Spike Jones. Remember Spike yeah, Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the, the noise. Very thing. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, but hugely musically talented, of course. Well, exactly. Too. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't know anything about that. Yeah, all we yeah. knew was that we, you know, all we, we had Made a license. <laughs> we had a license. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To yeah, kind of just yeah. do whatever you wanted. Yeah. And and the radio was the same because in the, in those days, one of my big idols was Charlie Coons. Mm-hmm. Remember him? Mm. Winifred Atwell. Mm. And then I heard jazz and. 
was Charlie Parker and uh, Dizzy Gillespie playing live at Massey Hall. And I, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a local band. You know, mm, I thought, mm. wow, this is... And I just... <laughs> These guys are good. <laughs> well, I just blew me away. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 and because it had an emotional thing in the music that I responded to, which was mm. like, obviously, The Outsiders. Mm. And I, living in Australia, in... Uh, Narawahi, I was very much an outsider. Mm. You know, I was brought up and we used to go to the Catholic school. Uh, and, y- you know, so right there, like the, the, even a small town like Narawahi was kind of divided. Mm. You know, there was, there's definitely all these... Because mm. I remember once having a, a knockdown fight with the local public school. Mm. They, they got their champion and me. Yeah. We were the two guys having this... And the whole... Both schools were there after yeah. school. It was yeah. like a serious... You know, it was... <laughs> wasn't part of the curriculum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was serious. <laughs> so you're only there for not a huge amount of time before you, the family moves to Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was because my father died. Mm-hmm. And so we went there. Cause so he, how old were you? I was uh, 12, you know, just, just, just 12. Might have been late 11, 12. But I was there when it happened, you know, like, and that kind of set the thing up for me. In the first place, what it did to me, because I said, don't, don't let him, you know, it... it I had to go to the chemist. My father had an attack. He mm-hmm. had these things. Nothing it, it can be cured really easily nowadays, you know. Mm. But anyway, he died. And I felt so pissed off at God. My God hadn't uh, saved him, you mm. know. Mm. So then jazz became my religion. Mm. And it really did. Mm. And I, so, I mean, that was like my whole thing was like a calling I felt, mm. you know. And so that's that's what Music's uh, been a handy place for a lot of people to disappear into as well, you know, when they want to hide from processing things as well as processing Well, through. I suppose, it's, I mean, you know, that's, that's, too, that's right? a, I, well, I never thought about that because, I mean, I was a really feisty kid. I was always fighting everyone, you know, like mm. I was like a really, mm. you know, but the music, and I, I could have gone, to, when I went to Nelson, I could have gone to Borstal because I was, you know, I was out. I was yeah. into like, you know, I like to drink, right? You know, yeah. so I'd go and I, I found a place in the local brewery. I managed to get over the wall one day and, and mm. you, I, was, I was halfway with a small keg of beer at mm. three o'clock in the morning or something <laughs> when the police caught me and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was a choice of either going to Borstal or straightening up. What really changed me was the fact that if I go to Borstal, mm. what am I going to do with the piano? Mm. I'm not going to, you know, and by this meant I was already dead set on becoming a musician, mm. Mm. you know, mm. and that's kind of drove me all the way, Yeah, you know. So you, you grew up in a pretty small town in New Zealand, because I mean, Nelson yeah. would have been a very small town. At the time at it was. Time, you know, yeah, yeah. there's a lot more happening there yeah. now, oh, yeah, but... Yeah. but um, that's a pretty small town, and then what, you skip over to Wellington to kind of try to get into music professionally? Well, uh, yes, I, I probably, I'd, well, no, I'd, well, I'd been, you know, I was a real wild kid, even even when I was young, you know, and I'd left home a couple of times, you yeah. know, like just, and come back with my tail between my legs, because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I, I joined up with this band. There was a guy called Tom Kahi. Tom Kahi mm. is the Royal Hawaiians, I think mm. they call themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I ran into them at a, uh, at a jam session in Machu Aka. They were picking tobacco there or something, you know. Mm. And uh, I, I played and they kind of got all excited and so we all ended up picking tobacco in Machu Aka and jamming and rehearsing yeah. and put this band together called the Fabulous Flamingos. Yeah. And we toured around. 
and that was the start of it. Yeah. You know, and so then they moved. Uh, I guess who moved first? I might have gone over to Wellington because we had these ideas. And uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, the the chronology may not be exactly yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's it's in that book. You you said <laughs> the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book. yeah, yeah. So yeah. whatever the yeah. chronology is, but it was yeah. some, something like this because things happen in much shorter time frames. Yeah, you know, there was yeah, a lot yeah. happening. But when you look, yeah. look at the time frames, they weren't years. No, they were months, yeah, sometimes exactly. even weeks. All yeah. kinds of shit happened. Yeah, you yeah. know. And so anyway. Uh, I was I was in Wellington and and then we moved to Palmerston North mm. and uh, with them and then of course that fell apart because I got sick and because we weren't there's a long story it was, a, it was a quite an interesting period with Johnny Cooper was our yep. manager yep. quote you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, and anyway so then I I moved up to Auckland and then I came under the influence. The benign influence of a guy called Lockie Jamison. Mm. Do you remember him at all? Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that was kind of the beginnings of a whole new thing to me. But I'd already put the roots in place because yeah. even even in Nelson and New Zealand, I'd been listening to jazz on the radio. And and don't forget, like the local pharmacist in Narawahi was a guy called Burton McNamara, mm. who was a jazz pianist. Right. You know, yeah, he used yeah. to actually play on the, used to record on the radio and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, the local pharmacist, <laughs> and he kind of dug me for some mm. reason. You know, mm. like I used to work in a store. You know, mm. Mm. and so and he used to give me piano lessons. I mean, the piano lessons would consist of me going over his house and him playing for me or putting a record on and telling me learn this. Yeah, yeah. The, I get a seventy-eight. What? You know. What sort of stuff, like stride and boogie-woogie and all uh, well, sorts, no, he, or was it? All sorts. He was into, uh, I think one of the first records he ever gave me was uh, George Shearing playing Tendles. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Tatum, of course, you yeah. know? So it, was, it kind of covered the range. Yeah. And, and while I was living in Narawahia, still as a kid in, in short pants, Nat King Cole came to Auckland. Mm. And I went to Auckland by myself and checked it and saw Nat King Cole <laughs> at the Auckland Town Hall. I was all of 12. It was just blew my mind, wow. you know. But that, that's like a first pilgrimage sort of moment. Like I a, guess. Yeah. And I love Nat King Cole, yeah. always have. I mean, yeah. you know, that, I didn't know anything about it, but man, it was so great. But yeah. also, see, it's, it's not just one thing. In the movies in those days, they used to put these little music things on. There was a thing called, uh, 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 not... Ah, oh, Christ, a bluegrass jazz. What do they really call it? Country jazz or country blue? Uh, it was a term for it. It was like jazz, but mm. it was country music. Mm. You know, and that was great. Because, mm. you know, you'd see it on the big screen. It was always sounded fantastic, mm. you know. Mm. And, you know, it, it was very close to jazz. Mm. You know, had a lot of rhythm in life and everything. Mm. And this is what you were inspired by. Yeah. You know? Like the ragtime sort of stuff. If it was hipper than that. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, hipper. but like more forward than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The world on the so then you, when do you get out of New Zealand? You're still a teenager. Yeah, what do, what I, do you do? I, I, Keep I, I, playing in Wellington and then no, move no, up to No, 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 I, I moved up to Auckland and yeah. started playing with these people like uh, Lockie and a guy called Ray Edmondson yeah. and a few other people. And uh, then... Playing like nightclub stuff. Yeah, or jazz, yeah. whatever you wanted to call it. It was all yeah. kind of jazzy, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, that, that was the music in those days. Yeah, there, was yeah. the, there wasn't such a distinction. As a matter of fact, rock and roll had... I was going to say, that would be just creeping in. It was in, just but. creeping in. You know, like, I mean, I remember seeing Rock Around the Clock. That had a big influence, mm, you know. Mm. And even with the Johnny O'Keefe trio, when we had the, the Fabulous Flamingos, we kind of played a really weird kind of mixture of 
of uh, rock and jazz. Like we had a guy called Colin Sagas as our singer, yeah, yeah. and uh, we'd play this kind of Nat King Cole type yeah. little licks that we worked out, little arrangements. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, some I can almost still remember, like in t- the sunny side of the street, da da da. But be kind of like. So was Louis Jordan? Yeah, that sort of stuff would have been. Figuring. Would have been, but Louis Jordan. I don't know whether I heard much Louis right, Jordan back until then. Until afterwards. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. this is New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, we didn't. That's what I was thinking. It wouldn't be around. Like, no, when we got here. And I remember, like, the, coming back to uh, to the, to to uh, the first time I came back to Narawaii and having a conversation with the, with the uh, Bert McNamara, and he didn't know anything about the band that I was in. At the, mm. I was in the fourth way at the time. It was mm. my band, you know. We were kind of making waves, you mm. know. Mm. But he said to me, he says, oh, I says, oh, he says, no, I never heard. He says, we only get the best in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, you know. So that was, a, you know, they got what they got, and when you. You know, I can I can see that attitude. Mm. You know, mm. so that's all I know. And that's mm. the best. That's got to be the best. Mm. You know, but there was also a radio station, a radio program called uh, Turntable. You ever hear that program? Yeah. Yeah, that was a fantastic program. Yeah, that was a fantastic program. It really was. This is a Turntable calling any jazz, any blues, any boppers today. Mm. You know, like every Friday night, man. Mm. And this guy played the, the spectrum. Mm. of like the new releases from the US, you know, of course you could do that back in those yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it was a fantastic program. Yeah. And they also had, uh, at, on Saturday nights, in, at, uh, is it 2ZB? No, that'd be 1ZB in Auckland, at Radio Theatre, mm. where all these people, like, you know, Crombie Murdoch, Lou Campbell, mm. uh, Bart Stokes, they'd all write arrangements for this band, and, mm. and the people would go, and the audience would go, and you'd check this shit out, it would be on the radio. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a fabulous time. Yeah. So you you ditched it all and left. Well, yeah, because <laughs> it, well, no, I did, I did, mm. because it was like it was all because it was a fabulous time, but it was finite. It was restrictive. Well, look, man, I've, I've always wanted to go overseas. You yeah. know, like I mean, I, I that's that's a lie in a way. I I would have loved to. I wouldn't have been happier except if I could stay in New Zealand and do what I wanted to do, but I realized the world was bigger. Yeah. And so the opportunity came up to go to Australia. I'm not even sure what brought it about. Maybe some friends of mine were going. Maybe Colin Sagas. He must have been Colin Sagas and a guy called Colin Hopkins mm. were going. And they were my very good friends. And they, they managed to stow me away in the boat. I didn't even buy a ticket. <laughs> I mean, it's quite funny. I walked on it. So what are you, 17, 18, 19? I would have been 18, 17. Yeah. S- 16, 17, wow. no older. I walked on the boat with my little Maris Brothers cardboard suitcase, mm. which was with me for years. Mm. And you know, when they said everybody off, as they did in those days, I just mm. didn't get off. You know, and they, they fed me like, you know, I kind of slept wherever I could, and they kind of put me under the bed or whatever, you know, and, and, and I'd get cups of teas, you know, like from, you know, and then I walked, I did the same thing in reverse, and Australian walked off the boat. In those days, you didn't need passports. Yeah, amazing. It's a, it was a whole different thing, man. Like, in other words, I've come along at the right time mm. in many, many things. Mm. Really have. Mm. With, with, it's just been, it hasn't been planned that way. Mm. You know? So Sydney's where you sort of get hooked into the jazz trio format Well, what properly? happened again, yes, what happened again, I, I came here and there's this guy called Freddie Logan who's since dead. And Freddie, matter of fact, uh, the, 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 just you must have seen it. You seen that record? No, no, no. no I'll just, yeah. just because it's not here. Yeah, it's kind of interesting story. This is this is, uh, this is us back then. Oh yeah, I've seen the cover. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. this has just been released on right. on CD. 
yeah. in, in Germany, 55 years later. Can wow. you believe it? 55 years later. And people wow. are still, to this day, <laughs> contacting me wow, about right. this. It really had a big impact yeah. on the scene. Yeah. And it was this guy playing the bass who actually really brought it all about. Mm. Because I had been... It's a, I don't want to talk about that, but there yeah, was, yeah. That, was, that was kind of... A, mm. a big, big thing. So when that happened, and we mm. were like stars here, mm. we were kind of just. So I mean, I said, "Man, I'm, I'm at the top of the heap in Australia already. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing. I basically, yeah. <laughs> I better get the hell out of here and learn something about this and play yeah. with some people that can play. Yeah, which is what I did. Yeah, you know. So that's England, or well, it was England. Yeah. England was just England. a stepping stone. Yeah. I had, a, I had a scholarship to Berkeley. Mm. And I was really proud of this until I got to Berkeley and realized that the scholarship, I think, was for the, the grand sum of like, might have been $3,000, might have been yeah, $2,000. Right. I was like, what? Well, I've, no, I've come all the way from New Zealand <laughs> via England <laughs> and the continent, <laughs> and there I am, I'm, I'm having to wash dishes yeah. in, in the States, you know, yeah. just to make it. And, and that was like, wow, that was a real argument because all of a sudden I'm at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> and it's... It's not an open country, Jesus Christ. That you know, you you, you know, you, you, you really are. There, it's a very uh, stratified situation, mm. you know. So what happened? I, I I was about ready to quit. You know, I was about. I said, "Oh fuck, I've had this. I'm, I'm going to go back up. I'm going to go go to Canada." Mm. And I went to my piano teacher because I, I was at Berkeley. A real nice guy called Ray Santisi and a great pianist. And, and just before I could tell him I was leaving, he said, oh, would you be interested in playing jazz six nights a week or something? Mm. Uh, so he had this gig lined up for me, and mm. it was fantastic. And that was, all the doors started opening after that. Because I was thinking, um, jumping ahead a bit, and we'll come back, but I was thinking, um, you know, where, where did you develop, and I guess this is probably just one of the things with jazz, particularly at that time where you did like more than one show in a night, but... Where did you develop this kind of um, approach to being so productive and prolific? Because your name, I'm still finding records that I'm not even looking to see whether you're on them and you're on them. You know, like your name comes up on, you know, I'll grab something like Sam Rivers and then I'm like, find out that there's a connection there and you've played with him. Oh yeah, a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, It's an interesting thing, like... It's it's me, it's just, it's not necessarily... I never... I've always had a certain humility, believe it or not. You know, like I mean, no, but it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a weird mixture of like, there's a, I, I've lacked arrogance. I mean, of course, we all think we're pretty good and all that, but yeah. but I was always really more humble about the, you know, just had, to, you know, I just I heard so many musicians, even in Berkeley. That's small town New Zealand grounding, do you think? Well, I think it's New Zealand. You didn't yeah. want to be a skite. That was the yeah. I grew up with that whole thing of the worst thing in the world, which which is good and bad. Because what happens is, obviously, many New Zealanders become so self-conscious. Yeah. Not self-aware, self-conscious, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is a different thing. And you hear it in so much New Zealand art, less mm. nowadays, mm. but that was always a, a defining factor. Mm. And if you were very lucky, you, you managed to escape it. And I used to find, whenever I went back to New Zealand to play, I never could play my best by any any means. It was, wow. it was just, I'd get back there and this thing would happen. Wow. It'd be kind of weird, you know, yeah. and I had to figure out how to kind of... When did you crack that? Oh, it was a process. It took, yeah. took several years, you know. Yeah, wow. It's like learning how to do something, and all of a sudden you realize, well, yeah, I'm okay. But you stayed away for quite a while before you, like... I did. Quite a few years yes. before you returned. Might have been... Like early 70s or... Might have, might have only been 10 years. Yeah. But then I came back briefly, and then went straight back again. Mm-hmm. And then I started coming back on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know. So... 
So you get to pretty quickly playing with these people like Sam Rivers, oh, Yusuf yeah. Latif, you know, like these are big names. Like these are. Well, I was lucky. I was. I was. I had a lot. As I said, that that gig that I just told you about mm. led to led to another gig, and that was a great gig. It was mm. a piano trio, in a, because the, the the club owner, the bar was in a bar for Christ's sake, in a, in a working class section of Boston, a place mm. called Newtown, I think it was called. The guy, he was a fan. He had a grand piano, yeah. and he wanted to have this jazz trio playing yeah. with guitar, piano, bass, and drum. No, no drums in in this. Bar. Yeah. I mean, you know, these guys were serious players. Yeah. There I was, this little kid. But, so that's how it started. And, yeah. I, and I was, people saw something in me that I didn't even know, yeah. you know. And then I got this gig at Lenny's on the Turnpike, which was like a, uh, that was with a, Alan Dawson, the drummer, who's the yeah. guy that taught Tony. And uh, well, he was Tony's teacher. He didn't teach Tony. Tony was. You're talking about Tony Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he was like, you know, Tony was. Uh, genius type mm, you know mm. but but he was his teacher you know and he was the drummer and a, a couple of different bass players and, and me and it was like a who's who of jazz because in those days these guys used to tour by themselves mm, mm. and we were the rhythm section for, for two years it was like a who's who of jazz mm. you know Coleman Hawkins uh, Sonny Stitt all the time Zoot Sims I mean you know I, mean, I yeah. just r r yeah. rattle off all the names yeah. all these cats came to play and yeah. I was the pianist and yeah. that would be for a week at a time mm. you know so when that finished then I got called to go with Yusuf and got really immersed in the black thing because I was mm. touring the uh, Chitlin circuit with his band mm. Mm. you know so it's, it's been a process I've just fallen into these things so what was that like for you as a white guy who's um, not from an American culture and also, I mean, not a physically, you know, you're not a physically imposing kind of figure either. Was, was that a daunting prospect for you? Not at all. I mean, the thing because is... Because it was about playing wonderful yes, music to I was people. In it. Yeah, I was were, in it. You were in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think about any of that stuff. Mm, mm. You know, I really didn't think about any of that stuff. I was there, I played with Yusuf too. When I was playing with Yusuf was when Malcolm, Malcolm X got killed. That was heavy. I mean, to be playing in a, I remember, I remember the day exactly, we were just getting ready to go off on a tour, you know, mm. like, and it was, got the news, it's like, and, you know, we, we toured around the country, as I said, the Chitlin Circuit, mm. it's a pretty weird looking band, I tell you, just mm. a quartet, mm. just even looking wise. Mm. You know, mm. oh, we had the quintet actually with Johnny Coles playing. Weird trumpet. sounding too. <laughs> well, in a really good way. It was. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really was kind it of was, pushing limits. Right? It was pretty scary though, yeah. because it was like, it, it, but that's, mm. I didn't see a white person sometimes for weeks at a time. Mm. You know, mm. why would I? I'm, you know, you're on the road. Playing jazz to jazz fans. Well, well, not always. Not but, jazz fans, but music fans. Yeah, it was yeah. the black scene. Yeah. It was like you know. So they're open to it. Yeah, they're open to it. Yeah, so they become jazz fans. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that was yeah. just the music. Yeah. It was, yeah. You know, we, the the distinctions. It's very groove based jazz too, isn't it? So it has that. In, well, in but parts. isn't all, to me? I to me, I still feel that that's what jazz is about. Now, look, I mean, of course, it is many, many hats and many mm. ways of doing all the stuff you know mm. but to me i really did get a grounding in that approach it's the emotional approach more mm. than anything mm. you know because there's different ways of doing stuff mm. but that band had a really emotional content led and because it was led by yusuf who was one of those guys that just mm. you know he was great like that it was mm. it was a real lesson to me you know mm. Mm. you know and of course, I was playing with guys like Sam Rivers, which are pretty out and everything. Mm. But that was also part of it. It was all—it was an emotional response to life, mm. and I see that 
I think that's happening again. Mm. I really do, in another way now, because the world is so messed up in so many ways. And I see a lot of young musicians coming up. There's a change going on. There's a big change going on. You know, it's an interesting, it's a mm. very, very interesting period, mm. you know. It's been interesting the last, I mean, I guess it's been happening for a while, but the last couple of years, seeing um, a much more natural fit between elements of hip-hop and jazz music. Yeah. Because they should have, you know, one comes from the other. Yes. And all of that, and they should have always, but, but they've felt a little bit more separate than they've ever perhaps needed to. And there's been a real kind of, you've got these, players that are doing that same sort of thing playing with everyone you know people like that guy Kamasi Washington yeah, yeah, you know, playing yeah. with playing Robert Glasper and then yeah, playing yeah. with everyone yeah, being, yeah. being session guys and then being the yeah. guy doing a hip hop show and then going out and just doing a good old fashioned blowing session yeah well we, I just uh, was at the thing the other night called the, the Freedman do you know any about, anything about these things they have in Australia I mean a lot of times people in New Zealand don't realise mm, mm. there's a lot of opportunities here for, for young musicians that aren't in New Zealand because they just don't have these things yeah, yet yeah. and we've got a bigger pool yeah, to draw yeah, from. Yeah. And there's this thing that's been going on for quite a while now called the Friedman Fellowships mm. in which three different groups, or was it four, it was three last time anyway, uh, they get selected. They don't, you can't nominate. Mm-hmm. Some, someone has to nominate them and then they've got to get into this pool and then they have to be winnowed down and then they have a concert. Mm. which in this concert had three uh, groups mm. playing. And the first prize is like 20 grand. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a serious mm. prize, mm. you know mm. what I'm saying, you know, to do whatever you want, you know. It's worth turning up for. Well, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But the interesting thing about it was the interviewer made the comment, and it's true, like, really, with, out of the three groups, they all were very much influenced by contemporary classical music. Wow. Which is... Yeah, Not yeah. so much hip hop, although mm. you know th- there's been years when that's been the case. But really, but I'm at, on a very very high level. I'm mm. talking about this is like wow, this is mm. kind of a. Mm. So that's one of the other streams that I'm seeing also yeah. with a lot of the students and a lot of the music that they're listening to is. Yeah. It's kind of, it really is an art music. Mm. You know whether that's good or bad, I don't know because I'm I'm I like the visceral thing of the music. That's what always. Mm. But that's only part of it. Mm. Yeah. You know. So what what's um what's we're getting towards the the fourth way, but that's still a few years off. Yes. So you're just filling your boots with gigs, basically. <laughs> you're just playing. Yeah, well, lots I was, and lots. Well, I was. We had quite a long-running thing with Yusuf. I did, and when I stopped, when I quit Yusuf, I told Yusuf actually. I, mean, I remember that what happened. You know, I was getting into Cecil Taylor at the time. You know, mm. and. Um, I guess it was t- I was taking a little bit too far out, you know. And I remember Yusuf putting his having it. We got to have a talk, you know. He says, "Mike, he says, uh, you got to you got to start listening to Howling Wolf," and I was offended, you know, mm. like a feisty kid. And I was saying, "Man, Howling Wolf," you know. Okay. Anyway, I, then I came up with a thing a couple of weeks later. It might have been at the same time, saying, "Well, I'm quitting the band anyway. I'm going back to New Zealand or some shit." You know. Yeah, yeah. I did. I never. I had to tell him I was going back to New Zealand because he would have been hurt. Because mm. it was like a family, you know. But I just, I was having my own problems and figured, nah, man, how are this shit? You know, like I mean, I'm at the Cecil or whatever, you know, mm. you know, and, you know, very inappropriate. But 
Not really, you know, but that's what I, so I went to New York and just got myself a really nice piano and, uh, oh no, that was a little bit later, I, I got the gig with Dion, but I, was, but I was into just playing this out music all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did, you know, and just try to survive doing so that. The gig with Dion is Dion Warwick, so tell us. Well, same thing happened there. About, yeah. Because the thing is, like, I got the gig, it was, actually, it was, what happened, uh, this bass player, was, he must have called me up and said, you know, and that was the, it, I never auditioned for anything. Yeah. He would just call up and give me a gig, said, you want, you want this gig? You got this gig with Dion? And I think the very first gig I did with her was like at, uh, not Carnegie Hall, at uh, the, the Performance Arts Center. You know, is it the Kennedy? It's right in the, mm. in, in, in the, in the center of uh, in New York, you know, mm-hmm. like where, and it was her first big time gig. Wow. <laughs> I was going to ask what, what level she was at. Was she, she's doing, she's, she was sort of created to do the Bacharach stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that was really yeah, how yeah, she yeah, came to yeah. It. But she'd started to become really quite yeah, big. Yeah, okay. And this was her first big-time gig, mm, and I'm mm. on this gig, and I remember it. Orchestra. Big, yeah, everything, Yeah. you know. And uh, it, we used to, you know, imbibe a little bit in those days, you know, like, and I remember, <laughs> like, uh, it was a cold winter's night, you know, like, must have been somewhere near Christmas, you know, and it's quite amazing. We, what happened with Chico O'Farrell, mm. the conductor, he, he had had an altercation with somebody in the band, might have been with Dion or somebody, mm-hmm. and uh, he wa- he quit. This is the morning of the big concert, you know, and this is a big orchestra. Yeah. And so they, they, they rush and they manage to get Bert Backrack to come in, because mm-hmm. he knows the music, right? So we go and do the show, and it's, of course it's, it's insane. It's just like, you know, big opening night, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the glitter, and, and we've all got our tuxes on and all this mm-hmm. shit, you know. But also because of the, of the kind of macho thing that happened a lot of the time, the, the bass player in particular, you know, here, take some of this, you know, and so we're fucking up our heads. I don't even know the music that well, you know. And, and we're up there playing, you know, and it's the first song, and uh, somehow or other, I got lost. I mean, it's always the piano, but I guess I, somebody got lost. I don't, I'm just mm. using my ears as I always did. I'm just following along, you know, because mm. I was always a bit insecure. Yeah. And somehow or other, we ended up, but she, she, we were all together. But the orchestra wasn't, and and the guy, the bass player, was telling us he's at the back of the thing, you know, and he's he's seeing Bert out there, and all of a sudden this look of kind of horror, horror. starts spreading over, but, <laughs> yeah. and he's saying things like tacit horns, tacit tacit strings, you know, and it's just the rhythm section, and we're, and we're all playing, and then he f- finally feels safe enough to bring the band in. Mm. However, we were a semitone away. It's like <laughs> it's unbelievable and the noise. It was like Charles Ives comes, <laughs> and it's like this big. Last chord is just so out, and there's this pregnant pause, man. And I was sure that Dion was going to run off the stage in tears. Mm. And of course, it's my gig; everything's gone. It's like, and she just went into the next song, a cappella, and she was able to laugh about it afterwards. Wow! I mean, I love her for that. I mean, yeah. I really did. She was great to work for. And but after a while, I got my style, my piano, and all the rest of it, and I quit. Mm. She offered me a lot more money to stay, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to yeah. play. It was taking you away from where you wanted to go. Well, it was, even though it's she... A good, it's a good job, but... Well, it was a great job. Yeah. Someone else would have been perfect. She offered yeah. me to open her shows, playing, yeah. you know, with my little trio and shit, but it was a kind of music that wasn't... I want, man, I'm a purist, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I didn't come there to do that. A bit too sedate as well. Well, it would have been... Yeah, it wasn't so sedate, but the music was definitely... Mm. I mean, I could learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you might want to really do that. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't... I'm the, it's a journey for me, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm, yeah, you didn't want to have the 
capped at that point. No, absolutely. There's too much yeah. for me. I was just that's because it was after that that the fourth way came yeah. about and all that stuff. You know. So the fourth way is um, you playing um, fusion essentially. Well, basically, it's for not, want of a term. Yeah. Well, I tell you what it was. It was simply the fact that jazz was dead. We were yeah. in, we were in San Francisco. And, you know, there was a jazz club there and everything, and we started out as a little acoustic band, but jazz was dead. You People know. went to rock shows. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole thing was dead, you yeah. know, like, I mean, you know, it was a part of the thing. Anyway, so I, somehow or other, when they, this was when they brought out the Fender Rhodes, and I knew uh, Mr. Rhodes, mm. you know, and he kind of helped me get one. Either, mm. either he gave me one or bought one from him or something. I don't know what the story was, but, I mean... Because he was interested in getting people to yeah, play his horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I ended up with a Fender Rhodes piano. Man, it just blew my mind because for the first time, I have an equal voice in the band. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're not waiting for everything to drop down. No, 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 exactly. Yeah. I can just crank it up when I need to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we started playing, and we were, the only gigs we could get were like rock clubs, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. But So we started playing a little bit more funky yeah. because... Hey, people are doing so. We'll play some funk too. We're making our own songs up. I was even singing, actually, yeah. believe it or not. You know, like I mean, you know, like I even made a record single. Never got released. <laughs> Never will get released. <laughs> but it was like part of that was that was the trip. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And so you're meeting again, I guess, musicians you've already played with who are all moving in this sphere, like Tony Williams. Well, well, Tony, no, that, that Tony was earlier. I did, of course, I met up with Tony later. Yeah, that's course, what I mean. You know. Like that. The, um, they're all moving in that sphere. Well, of course we will, because it's, it's, because it's pragmatic. Yeah. You know, it's like the mothers of invention. You, you're just doing what's in front of you. Yeah. You want to play creative music. Yeah. This is what's happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like everything, it got... Uh, the, the unfortunate thing about the music we were playing, where it went to, it got taken over by commercial interests. Yeah. And lost its its balls, its whole thing. It lost, it became a commercial music, commercially driven. Mm. You know, not that I'm against that, but hey, we were doing the music because this is what we wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we were just trying to play. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> so... This is around the time, I guess, most famously, Miles Davis, Bitches Brew has, has become a sort of um, Would have been shortcut that to explaining that period yeah, yeah. to people, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. That was kind of, to, to my idea, that's that's an album still, that if people are scared of jazz or have no idea of jazz, and not that Bitches Brew is really jazz, no, 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 but, but that's, yeah. that's where a mainstream rock listener might start to move into that music is through things like his record well that's true and even the, the ones either side of that yeah yeah in a silent way well, we, we, well we played a, a show and, opposite miles you know, yeah on the same bill yeah you know a few years at, at that time at Fillmore or something was it no uh, no it was at the Berkeley I think it was at the Berkeley I forget the name of it but it's a big theatre in Berkeley with performing yeah. arts centre or something mm. you know the big theatre there and I think he always wanted to go on. No, I can't remember whether we went on first or he went on first. But he, he after that, because we played so <laughs> we played so good, you know, mm. he wouldn't. He, he reversed it after that, you know. Wow. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. And I mean, his band at the time was. Oh, it was a great band. It was Keith. Yeah. Keith was playing and Jack, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had something. Of course, we were the we were the local favourites. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so fourth way does what? Three or four albums. Yeah, we did three. Yeah. Yeah. And then you pull the pin on it? What happens? Well, the violinist... It falls away? Well, no, it was... The violinist, he, he 
he got uh, offered a gig with, uh, I think it was, uh, what's the name of the record company? Uh, I used to record for them too. Bob, Bob Thiel's recording company, I can't think of the name of it. Columbia. No, not Columbia, but it was one of those big yeah. labels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to make him a star, you know, to mm. put his own stuff, and it was quite a different music than we were playing, you know. And uh, we'd had a little bit of a falling out because he had, you know, you know, the personalities. Yeah. And so he he decided to do that, and that was kind of the end of the fourth way as such. Uh, actually, I'm wondering whether... I can now. I'd have to go. You know, like I mean, there's so much shit going on. But mm. but basically, that's how it happened. You know, mm. like I mean, Mike had decided he didn't want to be in it anymore. I, I tried to do it without him. Mm. With Hadley Callaman playing stuff and all this, but it didn't. It had a, the fourth way. Like all these things, it was the time, a place, and mm. everything. Mm. It just had something. But it was you know? kind of your first real move. As you're the leader, right? Yeah. Of that yeah. Like yeah. it's your project. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in the first place but yeah. it was but it was a group project it was my yeah. project I, yeah. I I set the you're the principal writer and the tone and all yeah. the rest of it yeah. but you know but then it went like that and you know but by that time interestingly enough even though we were quite well known it wasn't a major thing for me to kind of because actually as soon as we stopped doing the fourth way I was making more money mm. that makes any sense mm. <laughs> you know like you, you know someone else was talking about this just yesterday or today or what would it mean yesterday I think about Oh yeah, about in the states some rock bands smashing pumpkins. Someone yeah. was talking about how that uh, you know they didn't make any money. Mm. You know, like they're big. You know, but you know it's about hey, you got to survive it, and a lot of it's fantasy. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's fantasy because I know like the guy I work with a lot, Lawrence. He's touring the world a lot of the time. You know, but man, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I wouldn't do that, Jesus Christ, you're kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I never did that. Even in jazz, we always used to get paid. Yeah. You know, we didn't have to do these insanely difficult <laughs> trips that people do all the time. And yeah. it's, you know, it's, you know I'm, I love to play music, but, mm. you know, I want to be treated a certain kind mm. of way. I mean, mm. that's just a... I mean, you know, I'm too old for that, and what, what, have been too old for it. Because a lot of the guys doing it are yeah. like your age. Yeah, They're too fucking old for this. Yeah, this it's twenty year old shit. Yeah, totally. you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm too old to be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I get to sit down for most of it. <laughs> so, so it, it strikes me that by the end of the fourth way, in, in some sense, you've gathered all of the different sorts of tools playing wise that you can then start to this is what I mean that you can then really I know you're already composing but then you can really start to apply to yourself within the role of composer rather than just someone who fronts a group or turns up and plays and writes you've got you've gone about as far as you can in a few different directions maybe you're right because I hadn't thought of it like that but because I was you, you know you've done the the sort of the pop pop slash kind of yeah, stuff yeah. with Dion that's very orchestrated, the fusion that's kind of almost prog rocky as well, like it's on the yeah, tip, yeah. tip of that. And well, I did all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, literally, so that's what did, I mean. So bands. all of these things, yeah. and then in the 70s, you start to kind of refine solo piano, trio, quartet, the smaller, quite focused, and back to that 
purest angle of jazz, but you've got all these different things you've pulled back into it. Which is still what I'm basically most interested in, but as you can see, I'm still... Yeah. Got, <laughs> you know, I've got aspirations, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to... And I don't even know whether what's going to happen with any of this shit, but I'm, that's a, it's a process, and it's yeah. a compositional process more than anything, and, and the compositional process really wants to embrace what's yeah. there yeah. and see if you can make... Music, well, on I might, my terms, I might take a photo of this before I go. But just to explain to anyone that's listening, behind us and is a, a bank of keyboards and pianos. It's not unlike, you know, Chick Career and Keith Jarrett and stuff would have used at various. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. still exploring the idea that you might just suddenly want to switch and turn at right angles to get a different set of sounds, yeah, and yeah, then turn yeah. 180 and get another set of sounds again. And then when you go back to the acoustic piano. You're, you're bringing in what you've what you've touched off those other or it's all pilots yeah. it's, it's definitely it's a, like I've got a heap more keyboards that I haven't even sure. set up yet that's my that's your, project that's your small, small yeah yeah <laughs> I've, got a, I've kind of you know I've, I've, but these are just my interests yeah. the bottom line is like I'll know, come back tomorrow and I'll be like Jean-Michel Jarre <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's practicality too, like, you know, like, I mean, I want to, you have to travel nowadays, it's yeah. much harder to travel nowadays, but I'm trying to like, that's why this stuff's here, I'm, I'm spending time trying to whittle down what, what do I really, really need to yeah. do, what I really, really want to do, and that's what, so that's why these particular things are up there, yeah. you know, just trying to figure out what's the, the best way, yeah. and then someday I want to get into a studio, just do whatever I want to do, yeah, yeah. you know, which could be at any time. But yeah. th- this is this is precedence at this point. Yeah. I'm just going to make sure that I can, you know, winnow the stuff down so where I can really get it working. And that's a, for me, it's proving extremely difficult, mm. you know, because mm. we're doing a gig in uh, Hawks Bay soon, oh, really? and the guy wants us to play an electric set, you yeah. know, electric night, you know, yeah. which is great. I'm really up for it. But actually, it's more than a notion. It's turning out, mm-hmm. you know. And because I'm trying to minimize the gear that I'm going to take, because I don't mm. want to take a whole lot of gear because it's just too expensive. Mm. How can, and, you know, too unwieldy. But I'm trying to figure out how can we do some stuff that's still going to really, you know, do the, you know, mm. fill the uh, the call properly, mm. you know. Mm. And, and I thought it'd be really easy because you know we've often played electrically without even thinking about it. But I'm, 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 it's, it's all it's conceptual. It's like there's a whole lot of different things. I'm just. Mm. It's conceptual. The other thing that's interesting for me talking to you now is I've spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, I've written about a bit of your music and I've also and I've watched you play and, 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 and listened to it for years and I've I've always um, been quite gobsmacked at how within your sound, which I feel you absolutely have in your voice, there are all these echoes of so many other different <laughs> pianists in the nicest possible way. And I thought Oh, that just comes down to listening widely. But I, I, what I'm what I'm sort of working out is that you did so much playing when you were saying people like Sonny Stitt rolling through. Yeah, yeah. You actually had to on the night essentially replace the voice of a you know a pianist that they had worked with. Or, oh you know, yeah, yeah. Fill in for so you're copying that as well. Well, it's a, it's it is an emotional response, and I remember like uh, Hal Galper getting really quite pissed off at me once because he heard me playing on a gig somewhere. And he wanted me to show him what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> it's all an yeah. emotional response yeah. to me. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. like I mean, sure. I mean, I, I I can feel it and kind of, do, but I don't know what I'm doing, mm. and I never have. And that's not the way I make music. Mm. And of course, I'm trying to like learn and know a bit more. But actually, I, I did this course once in which they said, understanding is the booby prize, <laughs> which it is. Mm. 
you know, oh, I understand now how to do the... So many, many people understand lots of things, but they can't do it. Mm. And music is, is an emotional language, and it's our emotional reaction to the world around us that comes out in sound. Mm. That's what you hope to get. Mm. And, and it's like, you know, if you're really open to it, it's not a question you play great, and you, so some musicians play great and all that, and they're wonderful, but they're not the musicians I usually end up listening to. Mm. You know, I want someone that's going to somehow rather transport me mm. somewhere. Don't, mm. even, don't even know where it is or why, you know what I'm saying? And I listen to quite a lot of music, you mm. know. Mm. Well, it's interesting because I, uh, I think it's, it's your quote, it's you that said it, but um, I like this idea that, because um, it comes up a lot where people say that they have no facility for jazz one way or another, they, don't, they can't understand it, and it then ends up translating to the idea in their head is it must be boring or the person who likes it and makes it must think they're intellectually superior to us for not listening to it or being able to make it. And you, I think you said something like um, people who say they don't like jazz, they might as well say they don't like music or they might as well say they don't like people because it, it's more than just, you know, it's like writing off so much. By well, saying, it is. And yet there are so the things, but... Jazz is just a term. Yeah. There's all kinds That's of... That's what I mean. There's so much that it goes into it. And there's so many it. kinds of musicians that play jazz. Yeah. You know, you can see it like all the time. That's why... At this and con- music is about personality, like a big part of... Of course it is. What comes out of, of the Of course it is. Or- of course it is. Yeah. That's why this, this, this thing we saw the other night, the Freedmans, the, the obvious winner was the guy that wasn't the winner. Mm. You know? Mm. Brilliant. Mm. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. But the but the guy that wasn't the obvious winner when we heard them yeah. is like, man, you know, yeah. he was a drummer. A drummer takes off this prize of playing solo drums most of the time, mm-hmm. but not solo drums like you've ever heard before. And he's mm. just playing the drums. It's just coming from a totally different place. Mm. You know, it's like wow. Mm. You know, and that's why I could hear sometimes you sounding a bit like Art Tatum or McCoy Tyner or whatever but you don't actually play like them and they don't play no. they didn't play like you and you know vice versa and, and so on well, and you, can, you can tap into things that people do but then it's your experience that's coming out through well it has to be yeah it has to be mm. I mean I think that's one of the, the unfortunate things about music education or jazz education nowadays because people learn these different approaches which is fine yeah. It's fine as far as it goes. Yeah, but that's it's as far as it goes. I mean, mm. the whole idea of playing. I look. I like. I like in jazz playing all the music I play to being like a poet, mm. opening yourself up to the unknown. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even compositions like that. That's why I have so much trouble composing stuff. I can write stuff. Of course, I can write stuff. But I want something that's kind of taking you out of the stuff that's you don't know how you even got there. Mm. You don't even know what it is. But it's like, wow, that's right. You know. Try to get that down, you know. I assume, I could be way wrong here, but I assume you're quite a quick, or you were quite a quick record maker. I know even even recently you, you, you know, you, you, you could sit down in a room, if you've got the stuff you want to record, you could sit down in a room and it's done in an afternoon. Well, that's... Well, that's the spontaneity of it. Like, yeah. I, I did that record with Roger Manson. Yeah, exactly. like an, And before that, I did the thing with uh, Lawrence Pike. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was then. That was all free. But also, music. some of the solo piano stuff you've done too. Well, very quick. Yeah. Very quick. But that's because you've been living with it for years, building it up in your head for years. Well, but... no, it's not because it's, it's. It's also because it's just being able to just like 
coming back to the solar piano. I mean the tools to do it. Oh, the tools yeah, to yeah, do it, yeah. yeah. It's but like you've gone to work every day for however many years. Oh, well, I guess, yeah, yeah. Practicing it and it's all there. You end up, it ends up coming out in a form that will be different the next day. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. that's what I mean. But I love the idea of that versus you saying how much time it takes to compose. Like, Well, it does. Of course it does, but it's like, it's so interesting that you could see those things as two completely different things and you well, basically that, fulfill them in two completely different ways. Yeah, but the thing about composing is like if you're performing or doing something, man, you have to do what's right in front of you. Yeah. You have to, and you have to try and make it work. And it's, and it's, it's, it's a story, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so you go, here you go. So you're trying to make a cohesive story, whatever. You compose, you might do the same thing, but then you come back and say, oh, well, I can do it better. No, maybe mm. I can go there. I can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's all of a sudden, it's a minefield. Yeah. And it's a bitch, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I, I'm not sure that everyone has as much problem as I do with that. I, I can't believe they do, you know, but I have a lot of problem <laughs> with it. Well, this is the fascinating thing about the writing process and talking to people about it, isn't it? Is that there's no one solution. There's no one solution. Exactly. There's no... Otherwise, everything would sound the same. Well, exactly. You know, there's, no, there's no school that you can go to that, you know, graduates you when you're finished and it's going to work. Well, it might help you. It might help you. See, the thing is, I've, I imagine, like, I've done all these recordings, I've had all these bands and everything else, and to me, it's like, you know, hey, I write music for my ensemble. It's, it's a great, one of the best things about the job that I do. Mm. That's why I love it. I have an ensemble. I have the largest ensemble in the school and have for years. And I get the, my pick of musicians, so it's the best ensemble in terms of the players. Mm. doesn't always necessarily work out to be the best ensemble, because <laughs> sure. the players, hey, that, maybe they've got to gel. Yeah, all exactly. that shit, you know, and, that's, and you're stuck with whoever you get. But, the, but what's happening more and more and more is I sometimes will write to begin the thing, you know, or bring in some stuff, you know, but very quickly my music is pushed aside and never, never even mentioned again, mm. because these young kids, and they're young, like, not really kids, I guess, but they mm. are. Mm. Their music is so different, so much more interesting to me even than mine, yeah. and all the rest of it. It's like wow. So it's and but where does that come from? So they're turning you on to lots of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, even the you know Felix uh, yeah, yeah. Blocks, not yeah. Blocks, and Felix Bonholt. Mm. Bonholt, he's 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 doing really well. Mm, mm. He's not my ensemble, but we talk about music. He's my student, mm, mm. and he probably will be. Maybe next year or the year after that, you know, if we're both still around, who knows with the way things go. He's got, um, <coughs> he's got, he's had uh, um, a great start enough with his parents, right? Yes, absolutely. With, with the amount of influence yes. and things that he's. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what usually happens. Yeah. You know, it's I've seen it all the time. You know, students come up. You know, and they've come from a family with all kinds of. That's what they've got. Mm -hmm. So they're ahead of the game, and it's so mm -hmm. when you see that. Man, the sky's the limit. It really is, yeah. you know. So, you start going back to New Zealand a little bit more regularly in the mid-70s. Yes. For visits. Well, actually, because I would be asked to come to Australia a lot mm -hmm. of times. So, yeah. Well, I always go to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I go and do the Heafy track or, yeah. or, you know, the Abel Tasman track or whatever. Yeah. And you, are you performing there as well or not? Usually, yeah. where every, every chance I yeah. get. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I, I used to do a lot of little house concerts along yeah. the way, wherever. Yeah. You know, I've done a lot, little, little, lot of little tours around New Zealand mm. with the uh, Arts on Tour people. Yeah. You know, from Christchurch, mm. uh, Steve Thomas, all this, and so whatever, man. It's like, yeah. I mean, I've always felt 
that was to me the whole point of me going to the US was to learn what I could there to bring back yeah to bring it back and yeah. to bring it back and do something with it yeah and it yeah. still is that it's harder nowadays I got to say not, not just because everything has changed so much in the last few years mm. everything mm. everything and the role that music plays in society has changed of course it's going to keep changing again but at this point it's it's probably a hard slog for music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, people want something that they can fit in there. They want their whole music collection in their pocket, <laughs> you know, which is a problem. Well, also, but you know, like what's happening is, for some weird reason, most I seem to be getting bigger crowds now than ever before. Mm. So when I play, there really seem to be more people in the audience, you know. People are fascinated, even though they want instant delivery of things, they don't want to pay and all of that. Um, people, I think, are still very interested in, um, you know, someone who has the the broad story that you have. Maybe, yeah. You know, of all these different periods, countries, styles that you've tipped off and, um, you know, returned to and pulled back with you. And then that you're also like, you seem to me to be pretty ceaseless in, in recording and, and writing. You know, there's... Well, it's true. It's, it is I mean, do you know how many records you've made? Well, I don't or, offhand. It would be... I haven't counted lately, but it somewhere around 100. But that's not my music. No, no, I, that yeah. you've been on, it would be yeah. over 100, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I would say. But I've got my own label now, as you know, the F, yeah. FWM Records, and that's, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, so far... Actually, I've actually made money on that label, it's just, but again, it's like it's a, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of stress. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fortunate that, but you know, it's like anything, you know, mm -hmm. you, 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 you've got to feel that uh, there's a point to it, yeah. and the point is not to make money. No, that's right. You know, but the point is it has to make money for after certain, you know, there's there's a balance there. Absolutely. You well, know? Look, that's why I'm. Uh stopping in on you when I'm in Sydney. I've, I've come to talk to you not to make any money at all for either of us, but if it happens... What? I thought you were here to make me money! Sorry, sorry. That, was, that was just to get the foot in the door. But, but you know, like, absolutely, like, I'd love to make money off talking to people and sharing their stories eventually, and maybe that'll happen, but that's not why I've yes, got why you to do, do it. it. Yes, you know, exactly. That's, that's exactly. not what it's about. Exactly. And no one has to pay anything to listen to yes, this. Yes, exactly. Other, which, is, which is, I guess, one of the wonderful things about all of the changes and development that we have is that people can access whatever they want. Funnily enough, they should just be able to switch off whenever they want and not tell you that that was a waste of their time. They should just move on and grab something else, but they'll never do that. <laughs> but... But you know, that's, yeah, you don't get into it for just doing that. You get into it for what it gives you. Well, of course. It, and it, there is a bigger picture here. I mean, it's, it's a, we're living in such a, there's so many issues and such a complex reasons, you know, mm. deceptively simple, mm. you know. Mm. I'm always using that term. Things are deceptively simple, yeah. you know. But they're not. And it's, it's really about, you know, I tell you, I've been a very successful, I think in many respects, a very successful musician. And why am I successful? You know, I think it's quite simply because I actually care about the other other person, whether it's a musician or, or the scene or whatever. The audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually care about it. Yeah. Some musicians don't, but I actually do. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like part of the equation. Mm. And people recognize this. I think so. I mean, you know? I was going to say, I think in the years that I've watched you perform, there's a great joy that comes out 
from not just your playing, but you know, I, I don't know what sort of day you've had on the, <laughs> the gig. You might have had a shitty day, but you don't let us know that. Oh, you can't. You can't. You know, it's not about that. No. So, you, so it all goes. You know, there's that old sort of traditional sense of show must go on attitude that you you would have. It is that perfected before you even knew you were perfecting it. Yeah. Well, maybe. Look, it's also to me the whole idea of like uh, just. It's you in a, you do it's not even it's not even that conscious. The thing is, it's just the, the only conscious thing is to do the best you can yeah. in that moment. You know, you know. So whatever else, all that other stuff may come to because mm. that's that's the that's all people will know. Mm, mm, you know. Mm. And I had a period there where I couldn't I couldn't rely on my hands working. It was really really weird. You know, and I remember like you know doing a concert in Nelson Man and thinking man, I was actually considering killing myself because it was like I was so upset you know like but I figured well what's the worst that can happen mm. you know what's the very worst that I, and I just you know you just got to kind of go out there and just really see what you get you know because people are here there to hear you play you know they, and you're going to do something and you can't get out of it mm. you know mm. so you just got to go out there and accept yourself learn to accept you know maybe I can't do much today at all but just do the best you can yeah yeah and that's kind of a very freeing I wish I was more gentle on myself generally. Well, I was. I always think of that Keith Jarrett, the story around that live album. You know, that didn't want to do it. Wrong piano. Oh right, the thing know. at the, the Cologne concert. Cologne. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Wrong, yeah. wrong piano. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, and he was I, sick too. I he think. was sick. Sore back. Doesn't like travelling. You know, <laughs> uh, amateur, amateur. Um, you know, first time promoter with no real idea on what's going was on. Was it? Was it? I didn't uh, apparently, that, yeah. you know, and I don't know how much that story's grown over the years because they always tend to a little bit, but it feels pretty real. Yeah. That um, that he was, you know not feeling it whatsoever and the sort of uh, advice was basically well we have to put on some sort of show because everyone's paid for it yeah. this is the instrument you have to play and you have to go there and do it and and I think it's still to this day the largest the best selling solo piano Whitney. album yeah, yeah, I mean Whitney. it's an extra yeah. it's beautiful it music it's, yeah. you know I, I first got into that because of what I heard but it was it was that emotional response to hearing that music yes. that makes you want to seek out more of a story behind yeah, it. Yeah. So I always find that to be a very inspiring story, that here's a guy who everything was stacked against him and what happens? He creates something. But isn't that the way? Isn't that the way so often? Isn't know, that what things? we all have to kind of hope that we have something like that in us, right, when we're doing this? Well, yes, you know. We're not going to always make that album, you know, no, but, no, but no. if we get close to doing our version of that, we're doing okay. That's it, you know. I mean, Keith, I, I, I was in the practice rooms with opposite him in Berkeley quite a bit because he, he came up about the same time I did in mm. terms of Berkeley. Mm. Matter of fact, it was touching, you know, we had a lot of parallels, you know. Mm. But the very first record I did, I did on his drum kit. I had to borrow his drums. Because <laughs> he was just, used to live just around the corner from wow. me, you know. Wow. Yeah, and he, he only had a little tiny spinet piano. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this great Keith Jarrett, but, but you know, he's just a regular guy back then. Yeah. Of course, it's all changed now. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. things do. But he's, he's actually quite, um, there's a similarity to you from him in that he tr has, much as he's known for a couple of different things he does and does very well, he's, his catalogue is filled with 
quite weird and wonderful oh, ideas, yeah. no, right? Absolutely. You know, he, absolutely. He, he actually released his singer-songwriter yeah. album, yeah, I which which I love. You know, I I think that's a fascinating Restoration little, ruined. Yeah, I love it. But 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 I but I get to hear it, you know, forty years afterwards yeah. as, as a curio. And yeah. I, so I really like it. But um, to me, it's just fascinating that it existed. And a, a couple of years ago, he released a whole lot of like studio jams of him playing drums and right. guitar and I didn't even know yeah, that yeah 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 it just came out a couple of years ago I think, I think they were all recorded in the um, in the 80s okay 80s and maybe into the 90s but it's like a double album of just like noodling instrumentals wow. and some of it is very very cool oh it would be it's him playing every instrument yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So this sort of strikes me as similar to how you've gone about in some ways, in some yes, ways in some you know, ways. just seeking out all these different ways to to both connect to music and then form some response to it yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, in some ways you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so who are the other sort of people like him that you, uh, I guess, rubbed up against, rubbed shoulders with? Uh, you know, because I mean, we've, we've named a few great jazz pianists already, and there are so many. But did you have people that you feuded with, that you um, replaced or replaced you, and there was baggage around it, or was, or were you mostly connected with them because you guys were trying to do the same thing? That's a good question. I mean, the, the guy that comes up, and I'm not even particularly friendly with him, and I don't even particularly like his playing that much, yeah. but it would be Hal Galper. Right. Because we were, you know, matter of fact, it was him going to Europe that got me my start in Boston, really. Mm. You know, and that, that would have been before that other thing, because he was, uh, I got the gig at this place called the, the, the Stables, which was like, that was the, the focused that was the, the club in, in Boston. It was, was a musician's club, owned by musicians and run by musicians, mm. you know. And uh, he had the gig, and they had a big band, Herb Pomeroy's big band. And for some reason or other, Hal wanted to go to Europe. And when he went to Europe, I got the call. And man, when he came back, he, he came back with his towel between his legs, and he wanted his gig back. And I wasn't going to give it to him back. <laughs> and he tried to psych me out all kinds of, you know, we'd go together on long walks. He'd play my piano all the time, yeah. which I thought was great. And I'm getting all these free piano lessons, yeah. but I'm not giving up this gig. If they don't fire me, I'm yeah. sorry. You know, it's my gig. Mm. <laughs> it was very interesting, yeah. you know. What about people that you, you've got these people too that you have had lasting musical relationships with uh, Frank Gibson, oh, yeah, Roger yeah. Manning, oh, yeah. uh, lots of people, but um, what is it that attracts you to, what is it that makes that work? Obviously it's a mixture of their talent and their personality, yeah. and, well, and, and, then, and then whatever happens in between your talent and personality and theirs, right? Yeah, well, uh, you know, both of those guys are really interesting like we do play together but uh, we haven't recorded together and we probably will never record together yeah. but we have played together as, as a trio you know, yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, it's been cool you know yeah. uh, but it, what I really like to have is musicians who have uh, confidence you know and uh, openness you know, mm -hmm. confidence and an openness. You know, and don't tell me how to play. <laughs> Basically, yeah. what I'm saying, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, 
I hate it when people like I, I did this record with the guy in the US who's a wonderful player and I've, I've done a few things with him Howie Smith and Howie's great but Howie's got this preconceived idea of how I should be playing his right, music right. he'll deny it yeah, yeah. but it's very obvious yeah, right. and of course I can't meet those expectations yeah. you know you have to accept me just as I will accept you yeah. you know and if it works it works yeah yeah exactly yeah. you know yeah yeah um, I sort of feel like one thing that goes through your music for me is a, and this is pretty naive, but as a com- my framing of it, but as a composer and a player, I think like a a common thing you work with so well, which is really important in music, is the idea of space. Yes, well, that's something else again that I've learnt or been reminded of that from one of my students. As a matter of fact, he was over here last night, Jackson Harrison. He, he's, got, he's a very fine musician, he's now a lawyer, a practicing lawyer, but he's still into the music. But I learned that, of course, I've, it, that's, that's a real big one because space is terrifying yeah. when you're playing, you know, you yeah. want, you know and, and, and if you're at all insecure, you're going to play a lot of stuff. That, yeah, cover I was going to say, what do we all do when we learn? We fill yeah. as much space as we yeah. can. And there's a lot of people that just, they continue doing that all their lives, yeah. you know. but. You know, th- that's not where the magic lies. No. You know, so it's a, it's a, I have to keep reminding myself of this mm. because I feel I often play way too much. I, you know, and that's the thing when I li- when I hear myself the, the things I don't like, it's usually oh my god, I'm playing too much. So is it a bit you more know? like sculpting than painting? Then, like that you are pulling away. Yeah, maybe, maybe to leave to leave maybe. something. You know, that you're pulling. Because I was thinking, like you know, like I'll listen to you play with, say, Yusuf and there'll be these short little bursts of piano solos that's sort of peeking in at a moment, but that's also a wonderful use of space. That's like, that's not cramming something in there. That's like leaving space either side of it, but also recognising a space for you too. Well, that's also partly, I'd say, just because of my technical limitations, at least in the first... No, but no yeah. seriously, you know. You know, because there's certain things I would love to be able to do. I'd love to be able to play really fast lines at any given speed and, you know, never stop. Yeah. You know, I can't do that. No, but then, you, then there's, uh, you know, something like some of the solo pieces, like the Sunrise, uh-huh. you know, to me is a, a really... You know, there's nothing else going on in there except what you do to it like what you bring is is the tune but you know but interesting it's the same thing and this is something that that I'm trying to accept as I get older as I because I can do more now you know I can do more it doesn't mean to say it's any better yeah yeah you know you know but because because I was I've always played to the, the limit of my my ability yeah but not so much anymore if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was what made my music so strong, I felt, because I, I couldn't play. Yeah. You don't know that. All you know is what's working. You don't know that that's all I can do. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. like, so, so the, 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 the limitations themselves are actually an asset. Well, you build up a, you do it for a life, so you're building up a life of match fitness towards it too, right? Yeah, so you, yeah. You know how to keep something in yeah. reserve yeah. in the tank now. But, well, I do, but as you get older, it's also, you, you tend to, you, the, in other words, the conscious brain, you know, yeah. the aware brain gets in the way a lot of the times. And yeah. so really to be able to really lose yourself and just do what's appropriate is a real big challenge to me. Mm. To me it is, mm. you know. I mean, I, I'm probably better play, piano player now than I've ever been in many respects. I don't play like, I can't play like I did when I was younger because I had youthful energy. Yeah. All that shit, and yeah. I hear some of that stuff, and I'm amazed. Jesus, you know, like, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, 
It's a process. What can I say? It's a yeah. process. It's a process. We've talked mostly about jazz because I, jazz is, is the starting point, I yeah. guess. For, it is for, for me. For you, yeah. for, for how you uh, approach the instrument, what you heard, and, and essentially for your career. But classical music is the other... There's all sorts of other musics, but classical music or an idea of classical music is the other really important thing in your work, isn't it? Well, it is because, look, you know... When I first wanted to learn how to play the piano, my, my father taught me, okay? And then he died after a few weeks or months, you know, and I had to get a piano teacher. I couldn't find a piano teacher in New Zealand. I went to a couple in Hamilton. One guy, he just, he just gave me some stuff, just I had play this and play this and nothing, no comments, no nothing. Another, I, but I, wanted, I really wanted to learn classical music, but I couldn't find a, a yeah. teacher that would teach me. Oh, you're gonna be a jazz musician, uh, sorry, you know. You know, I mean, that's the attitude back then. Mm. So I, I, it wasn't until I got to Berkeley, when I'm already 20, 21, yeah. that I actually started having classical lessons. Yeah. And the guy really threw me at the deep end. He had me playing the Chopin etudes, all this yeah. ridiculous music that I didn't know any better, that I spent hours, mm. literally hours, mm. learning this shit. Because I didn't know I wasn't, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, shit, I better get this together, yeah. you know. But 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 there, I'm learning now. As I that's one of my uh, hobbies, I guess, is learning about the piano. And I have spent quite a bit of time, you know, figuring out, you know, and reading a lot of books about yeah. it, you know, and to enable me to be able to play the piano with more comfort, to know what yeah. I'm doing, you know, just as an instrument. Yeah. And I think I'm getting there in many respects. But I don't practice anymore yeah, yeah. enough, you know, because you need to do, you need to practice. But it's not. You got to ask yourself, well, why, why am I doing what I'm what, what I'm doing? That's one of the things. But you know, I, like I, this friend was over the house the other day. He's he's a musician, uh, Stu Hunter, and I was saying to Stu, he, he writes for a lot of things, and he's a wonderful musician. The thing I really love about Stu's playing, and he was a student at one point, uh, he maximizes what he does, mm. and to me, that's. That's the thing, mm. you know, mm. to be able to maximize what you do mm. is like, you know, and be confident enough to kind of realize you don't have to do a whole lot. Mm. Mm. And that's a hard one. It's, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? Just to, totally. for, you know, it's a real hard one for me. I, I find it difficult. And these are the things I think about a lot. I mean, what I spend my time doing in terms of the piano now, most, most more, more than anything else, I'm just trying to like play something that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and do it in a way that's kind of got to attract people, but just just to be able to play a steady rhythm, mm, mm. you know, and make it interesting. Because, mm. I mean, so many solo jazz piano players do not do that. Keith does it. Mm. Keith is a motherfucker, that's yeah. it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. But so many, you know, they just... And I remember hearing Herbie play many, many years ago, and that blew my mind away, because Herbie was just playing like he played with the rhythm section. Yeah, yeah. And it was fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But that's another way of doing it. Yeah. But he wasn't trying to play solo piano as such, he was just playing. I've always had a bit of a up and down thing with Chick Corea's recording career, but I've seen him live twice play solo and it was quite amazing. Yeah, he's a, like he's the amazing. first time. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, a couple of years ago, it was him and um, Gary Burton. It was a that's show. right, okay. So that was cool. But yeah, yeah. the first time seeing him solo was about 10 years ago. Okay. Was, was well, he has gotten better and better and better. There's yeah. no question about that. As I say, like recording yeah. career, obviously, there's some great stuff he's yeah. done. 
Um, but I, I maybe I haven't found all of the great things. I'm not a huge Chicorilla yeah, exactly. fan, believe it or not. You know, but I I, I have to that's admit that's how I put yeah, myself too. Yeah. But then the good stuff. Oh yeah, no, he, he's a mother. He's a yeah. mother. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Well, he was one of the guys that I used to hang out a lot with, Chick, and uh, not not Herbie so much, but Chick. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we played together a little bit. You know, he played drums mainly. <laughs> You know, yeah, he's he's a, he's a good, good drummer. drummer yeah, know. yeah, yeah. He actually played a little bit of um, drums in one of the shows I saw. Like he just had timbales set up. All right, and yeah, he'd yeah. Get up and have a bit of a crank on that. So but obviously, good, it was yeah. something that he yeah. an urge that he felt he had to satisfy. But I could tell that he knew what he was doing. Oh yeah, you know? oh no, no, he's a, he's a real good drummer. Yeah. And it's like Jack too, man. I mean, Jack's a good piano player. Man. I used to hang out with Jack, and Jack would sit down at the piano. But even Tony Williams, who couldn't play the piano at all, really. As far as I knew, yeah. he could sit down and man keep you transfixed. You know, right. just just make he'd make something up, mm -hmm. just purely from his musicality. Yeah, you know. But Jack DeJohnny actually. Oh, he can play he, the piano. He, he actually yeah, studied the piano. I yeah. was going to say he's actually done sets and stuff where he plays. Piano. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, he's a good pianist. Yeah. Which is, um, and I think a lot of the really, really great jazz drummers in particular. Um, would you have chambers? Have that melodic instrument background, yeah. right? And particularly piano. Well, they do. That, that's the best ones, do. Yeah. Joe Chambers is a case yeah. in point. You know, yeah. he's a good piano player yeah. too. But heaps of them. You're right. You yeah. Know. Uh, for a, for a sort of um, empathy, or you know, as much as anything too, I think, uh, like with the person they're playing with on stage, to know what it physically takes to well, do, absolutely. To you know, do their instrument. That's why I love playing with Eddie Marshall so much because Eddie Marshall was a piano. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. So he has an understanding of what you're trying to do. Yeah. 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 So yeah. so he he plays in a way that yeah keeps out of the way. Yeah, and yeah. gives you what you need. Yeah. You know, so many guys don't get that. Yeah. It's it's these are the things that you know. It's it's not as a parent. It's like you know people think oh you just do this you know yeah, so, yeah. you know no no. Yeah. It ain't watcha it's howcha as somebody once told me it yeah. ain't watcha Mikey it's howcha. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. you can apply it to so many things in life. Yeah, you know. yeah. Um, so, uh, what's what's your feeling on um, New Zealand and your status as any sort of New Zealander these days? Are, I'm in New Zealand. are you a New Zealander? Because yeah. I, I ask that only because you've obviously lived everywhere, everywhere well, else for longer. It's <laughs> okay, in New Zealand. But don't mention it here. Yeah, uh, because I mean, I've been well, I've been supported by the government a lot here. You know, mm -hmm. I've been very fortunate. But I'm, I still have a Kiwi passport. Yeah. I've just and I've often thought about, you know, changing for all kinds of reasons, but I just never get around to it. I just don't. As I get older, you I'm becoming. Still, you more, don't still sneak over on the boat, though. You actually. You no, I actually away. pay. Yeah. I pay. And I've got the, you know, <laughs> yeah. State of the art uh, passport, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. There's no so worries there. Clearly, music's been good enough to you. <laughs> I've been lucky, man. I have been lucky. I have been lucky. Yeah. I mean, my whole life has been lucky. I mean, I never had any money at all. I never did anything except what I wanted to do, which is, you know, a bit silly, but yeah. that's what I've, I just, you know, uh, that's what I did. And even coming back to Australia, I got off of this gig teaching and it was like, well, I've always wanted to have something to do with academia because it's yeah. like, you know, when you're not from academia, yes. it's the same thing with the classical thing. Yeah. Playing classical music was always an awe of it. Now I'm getting not an awe of it. Yeah. Now I can actually hear it most yeah. of the time and, and realize, oh, that's what this is. And it's just... It's spot the mistakes. <laughs> well, all that stuff. Yeah. You can do all that. And, yeah. it, and you just realize it's just another form of music, mm. you know. Mm. 
and you know but well that's a, that's that idea of people saying that they don't like jazz or don't understand it yeah. it's just a fear that something's going on that they're supposed to uh, you know I mean I, I think about you know I listen to lots of music and I've always been interested in a lot of, a lot of music and I know that there'll be great rock albums where I had a very visceral experience but I can remember half a dozen jazz albums straight away that just made me just about drop on the ground when I heard wow. them. You know, like like yeah. I wow. Love Supreme yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and Kind of Blue yeah, are the two yeah, obvious yeah, ones yeah, yeah. being a young kid but actually the first one was a Buddy Rich album because I, my, I wanted to play the drums and all I really knew as a drumming hero was Ringo Starr and Charlie Watts and so my mum played me Buddy Rich's um, Big Swing Face and I, I just didn't know that that could be done, yeah, well, you know, I mean, yeah, and, yeah. That, totally. and then obviously, you know, it's not that he's my all-time no, favorite no, no, jazz no, drummer. No, you yeah, you yeah. get into other things, oh, but, yeah. but I can still, whenever I listen to that, I can't not remember the experience I had yeah. of being about ten years old and just yeah, wow. sort of falling on the floor and going, wow. "How is that something yeah. that one person can do?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Or his, and and I, you know, and he's still still a bit of a favorite in that, but those emotional responses which is exactly what you've been talking about that's sort of how I found in jazz and what I still find in it is, is it something that moves me and there's a lot of polite academic jazz that's very unfortunately unfortunately boring yeah. yes it yeah. is it is boring and that's actually also one of the things that's going on a lot it's it's look other people have brought this up I'm, I'm I deal with this at the con a whole lot yeah because I get some really talented students but very very small percentage of them play with fire yeah. in what I consider fire you know like I mean very small percentage they've it's not the thing it, yeah. you know you know they've got a, even on the records I hear all these players amazing shit yeah but a lot of the times it's like well that's amazing but you know next yeah it doesn't you know it doesn't yeah. make you want to kind of engage yeah. you know yeah. and I, I I heard a record I don't know if you've heard it yet but uh, Felix bought it over the other day and I didn't like it at first it's uh uh, uh, the saxophone player, Tim Byrne. No, I don't, I don't know. Well, you, you don't know Tim Byrne's music. No. Okay. Well, anyway, it's it's a band, and it's it's pretty. At first, I thought, oh man, I'll, I'll have to listen to this because mm. you know, and I listened to it, and it was had some moments like, oh, I can't stand it, but I had to end. For some reason, I put it on again. Yeah. And then I started getting into it. Yeah. And now I'm right into it because you know, you, it's like you, you you have to listen to some things. More than once sometimes. Yeah, of course. Of you course. Know, you, then you start to see, wow. Sometimes the really, I mean, as much as I just said, like things like I Love Supreme and that connect with straight away, sometimes the the very best albums, the ones that you end up forming some real attachment to, the first first and even second and third times sometimes, but yes. certainly the first time they yes. really don't quite click. Exactly. But obviously there's something sitting in there that niggles yeah, and yeah, does yeah, what, yeah, what yeah, you yeah. just said that says to you, I do still need to play that again. Yeah, I can't yeah. just walk away and go, no, I don't yeah, need yeah, to. Something, yeah. something, yeah, exactly. something just sort of niggles away and says, yeah. play me again. And yeah. you do and you find something. Yeah, yeah. And then you connect. Yeah. And that happens a lot for me. Does it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well I, I hear a lot of records. I mean, as you yeah. can imagine, if people yeah. give me records all the time. And, yeah. you know, and so I don't listen to them too many twice. I mean, it's not that they're bad, it's just that, you know, yeah. it's only so many hours in the day, you know, and all the rest of it, you know. Do people still want you to play on their records and you can't fill well, that? Or no, I don't get asked that much. That hasn't since been... A, see, I'm... I, my take on it, I'm, I'm... I'm basically an American musician. Yeah. You know? That's where your career is. Yeah, that's America. where I kind of, that's yeah. where it all came from. So yeah. people here don't really understand emotionally what I do. And the same thing yeah. is like, they don't... 
you know, we can't, we don't hook up the same way. Mm. I mean, some people want me to do. So, what, here you're an indicator and composer? Oh, yeah, well, I've got my own band leader. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, all that stuff. But I mean, know. as far as a lot of people. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, it's. Uh, and of course, I don't go out of I don't like to play with a lot of them. I'm very fussy about who I play with. I yeah. mean, fuck it. I mean, you're like, I mean, it's one thing that's. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's why I have the trio I have. Yeah. We, we've spent a lot of time, you know. Yeah. You know, it's not that they. I'm the only cat they play with. I'm not by any means, but I've spent a lot of time working on stuff mm. with them, mm. and uh, you know, it, it takes time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, when do you sort of have you ever got got to a point where you? I, I guess this has never happened, but do you ever get to a point where you imagine? What you do in life if there isn't music for you? <laughs> it's just... Well, no, that's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess with the way um, I have instruments and also software, as you, you know, if you were to lose the use of your yeah, hands, yeah. you can still compose. Well, if I, I don't know that, I'd be interested. Yeah, I right. mean, I really don't. So know you, you seek that tactile. That connection point to physical playing. Well, is still I don't part know. I mean, I, I like yeah. That's all part of it. But I mean, yeah. Say I couldn't have have that. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'd paint. Yeah. Maybe I'd write. Maybe I wouldn't do it. Maybe I'd just think about things. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. You like yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I've been through a lot. You know, it's, it's like it's like everything changes. I don't. Ha I mean, I'd like to think that I can keep growing as a musician. Yeah. You know, but but you know, like you really got to. It has to have a certain magic in it. We, and I'm, luckily enough, I mean, you know, people say, "Oh, I hope I'm doing what you're doing at your, uh, what you're doing at your age." Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't always feel like that. Sometimes yeah. I feel, "Fuck it, man, I'm a bit bored." <laughs> yeah. Not too often. Yeah. Most of the time, I'm really quite excited about and what's around the corner. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Jesus, you know, like yeah. you know, and so that's why I'm doing all the stuff I'm doing. It's not yeah. nothing earth-shattering at all. Yeah. You know, but I keep hoping I'm going to find something that's going to. It's like you know when you walk along the beach mm. and then you come around. There's got to be something around this corner. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh fuck. Okay, well let's go. And then sometimes it's like wow. Well, I talked to this guy recently, and I thought this was a really good point. He sort of said, yeah, he's got a band. They've they've made records. They they rehearse and they still play gigs. But he said, you know, like <clears throat> something along the lines of, we don't have to play shows. You know, if we play shows and not many people turn up or heaps of people turn up, whatever, in a way, we could actually just turn up each week and have our rehearsal and I would feel fully satiated from that because that to him was what music was about. I can see and that. And I, I thought that was really cool. I can see yeah. that, yeah. Obviously, you want to try for those other things too because well, you want to, even outside of the greed of wanting, wanting anything for it, you just want to satiate. Oh, yeah. Yourself and and see if it translates. Yeah, yeah. See if it resonates with anyone else. But I actually thought that was a really great um, sort of idea to come back to that actually just doing something in your room for yourself is utterly valid. Like, well, of course it is. You know why? Why? Why would it not be? Because well, of course that's where it all starts. And but you're talking about with other people. Yeah. Too. Well, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which, yeah. I mean, look, that's you, you look. It may come down to that at some point. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. You know that is. But I guess it's also you want to feel. 
I mean, I want to be part of the world, mm. you know? Mm. I mean, I don't want to just be sitting in a room. I mean, you know, like, if I'm sitting in a room thinking of music, it's with the idea that this music's going to go out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's very much, for me, it's not with everybody, but yeah. for me, that's very much why I do it. Yeah. With the end result of putting it in front of people. Mm. Mm. But you're right. So what? It shouldn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't matter a fuck. Yeah. I guess the thing is actually the process. Well, that's what I've felt, I think, with putting most of my stuff through my own website now. Is it's like, you know, I, I know people read it because I, 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 can, I can follow the analytics and yeah, yeah. see how many hits there are. But, and I share it on social media, so part of that is wanting people to read it or hoping that they might. But it's also valid for me to just put it up as part of the process of sitting down and constructing something. If no one, it is. If it no is. one reads it, that's, uh, people sort yeah. of try to throw this taunt at you that, oh, no one reads your reviews, like that's a taunt. And it's like, well, maybe, so I, maybe I wrote them for myself. You yeah, know, yeah. Like that's, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe that's the reason they exist. That's know? a very interesting point, Simon. Yeah. That really is. I mean, you know, it's a very interesting point. It really is. I have, you know... Um, it's, it's a point that I don't have any answers for myself yeah, even, yeah. But, but it's something I do think consider, you know. Yeah, same. It's just sort of I've just sort of started to get into thinking about that a lot more. That idea that, that I guess it's that thing of when you said the music you said earlier about like with the fourth wave stuff and the the idea of the music becoming more of a commodity than perhaps yes. you guys yes, wanted yes, it to. Yes, yes, that is that, yes. That, that Absolutely. On some level, we all have that built into us about art. Yeah. That if you're not doing something, if your painting doesn't go in a gallery and end up for sale and on someone else's yes. wall there was no reason why you should have done that yes. painting which is fucking silly yeah. but there is some expectation around that for people sometimes that that's that that's the end goal and it doesn't need to be the end goal well, the, if that's the end goal that's what you know to many people it is the end goal and that's why you have so much uh, shit yeah exactly <laughs> well I can say that <laughs> exactly. a, a perfectly good end goal for, for painting a painting is so you didn't put a bullet in your brain or anyone else's right like that's a that's a, a, very that's good a really reason. good reason that is that. true <laughs> um, so so what 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 next in the in the biggest broader sense you've been, you've, you've, it feels like you've got a pretty great thing going with your own ensemble flexibility it's, to play shows if you want yeah. teaching is that is that that's how it's it going to be for that's now? all it is yeah. yeah I don't see any I mean of course you'd like to think that something I mean you know obviously something can happen that's going to put you make your profile a bit bigger yeah. for a moment yeah. well, it comes that goes and it comes yeah. and goes yeah. you know that comes and goes yeah. so it's, it's like it's all about that you know like uh, it's just the idea of being able to just continue uh, exploring, exploring but, I mean, music. You don't want to sit down and write a book about everything you've done. I mean, I know Norman Mann wrote. Yeah. And what do you think of that book, by the way? How did you feel about that? Well, I mean, I, th I was really happy that he did it. Yeah. Uh, as a book, for me, I, uh, he, it's kind of sitting on the fence. You know, it's it's it's, he, yeah. you know, it's an academic book. He's he's kind of. I mean, look, I'm not bagging him at all, but no. but it is an academic book. Yes, you know, like I mean, and it's kind of like so. He didn't even put a lot of interesting stuff in there. You know, yeah. really, and or you know, and then he, it kind of gets into the reviews and all that. I said, man, that's not really. I don't know what he was trying to do yeah, with all yeah. that stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and he he really didn't talk about my entire time in Australia, which is the past thirty years, yeah, yeah. you know, at all. And this has been where the bulk of my thing has happened. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's cool. That was his choice, you know, like yeah. and everything else, you know. But uh, I, I have toyed with the concept every now, as you can imagine, yeah. every now writing a book, but. Man, I've got so much 
Start yeah. on it too, you know. And that takes you, it's that thing we were talking about before we rolled tape about distractions, right? So yeah. that, even though that is a valid thing to do, to begin with at least, it would ultimately be a distraction that would take yeah. you away from what you are doing, which is... I really want to write, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm interested in just making some music that I yeah. just feel, you know. And that's your book anyway. Well, yeah, you know, of course. In several volumes, right? Well, that's exactly your, right. Yeah. Because you see, I wanted to be a painter, but then I, I made the choice between being a painter and a, and a musician. Yeah. Same thing. So funny how often that comes up, the painting music connection. You know, I, I forced the analogy a few times in writing about music, but also it's, it's very interesting how linked those two disciplines seem to be in, in the practitioner's minds. Oh, that's you know, a, yeah. Painters will often. Um, you know, music will be something that they can have on that yeah, can help course, inspire yeah, them yeah, while yeah, they're working right. yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than any other noise yeah, or distraction yeah. um, and that may be something that they go off and do themselves as part of their their process and vice versa. And I've talked to a lot of musicians over the years who either continue on some level to paint or wish that they had carried on with it or, you know, would pick that as the thing that they would do if they could, if they could do music. It's really interesting how that comes up over any other kind of art form. Well, look, I've, I've often, one of the reasons that from way back when I wanted to have my own label was I wanted to have design my own covers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like it's, yeah, yeah. it's a reason to do a painting or something. Yeah. But of course, I never got around to it. And a friend of mine knows this and he bought me a whole bunch of, he bought me a whole set of paints and everything. I've never done anything with it. I think he's a bit pissed off at me, <laughs> you know. But I mean, it's like, you can only do so much. Yeah. You know. There's still time too. Well, yeah, but to me, it's, uh, music is yeah. like, I mean, you've got electronics, you've got composition, you've yeah. got just learning the piano, you've got, and I write for ensembles all the time. Yeah. I'm always writing for my ensembles or yeah. trying to. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, and forget about the business of actually just, I mean, just even to, to get a gig nowadays, even if you have a gig, yeah. the shit you got to do, like I'm supposed to do some radio promos for people to do them all myself and all the shit, it's like, Fuck! And then you, you know, it's like, I mean, I say yes, yeah. you know, and then and write references for people, you know, yeah, want, yeah, want yeah. to get these big grants. And some of those references take a lot of thought. Yep. But I mean, that's what you do. Yeah. It's like all the shit. It's like, oh yeah, fuck, yeah. you know. Yeah. Where there's so much shit to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So hey, that's just the way it is. <laughs> and it's not a bad way. It's look, it's not. Yeah. I'm not really complaining. No, just no, explaining. No. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Man, is there anything else we need to talk about? What do we need to... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I've talked a lot, you know. Yeah, well, Would you I'll... like some soup? Are you going to have some? Yeah, yeah. yeah we can have a bowl of soup. We can have a bowl of soup. Yeah, good. Okay, well, we'll switch this off. <laughs>